0: This is my father's world And into my land
1: Responsive prayer this morning. God, we are gathered here uniquely in all of history, we particular people in this singular time and place. Tune our hearts to this voice of your Spirit. Make us be present to you
2: and share
1: for it is you, O Lord, who have so gathered us from our various places. Alone,
2: know our hearts and
1: our hearts. Among us are some who arrive anxious, some who are lonely, some who suffer pain or sorrow. Maybe. Among us are some who arrive rejoicing, hearts made light by good news, good health, glad anticipation. Let us prize these moments and care for one another deeply. For each of us and our relationships to one another are precious and fleeting. Amen.
3: We got a real uh, humdinger today, so the instructions say you may be seated. Today is a New Testament reading from Hebrews 11. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Indeed, by faith our, our ancestors received approval. By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. By faith Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain. Through this he received approval as righteous, God himself giving approval to his gifts. He died, but through his faith he still speaks. By faith Enoch was taken so that he did not experience death, and he was not found because God had taken him. For it was attested before he was taken away that he had pleased God. By faith Noah, warned by God about events as yet unseen, respected the warning and built an ark to save his household. By this he condemned the world and became an heir to the righteousness that is in accordance with faith. By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to set out for a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he set out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, Isaac invoked blessings for the future on Jacob and Esau. By faith, Joseph, at the end of his life, made mention of the exodus of the Israelites and gave instructions about his burial. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called a son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to share ill-treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as if it were dry land, but when the Egyptians attempted to do so, they were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell, after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient, because she had received the spies in peace. And what more should I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David, and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched raging fire, escaped the edge of the sword, one strength out of weakness became mighty in war and put armies to flight, put foreign armies to flight. Women received their dead by resurrection. Others were tortures, tortured, refusing to accept release in order to obtain a better resurrection. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned to death, they were sawn in two, they were killed by the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, persecuted tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains, and in caves and holes in the ground. Yet all these, though they were commended for their faith, did not receive what was promised. The Word of the Lord.
4: have been different words or phrases to try to put a little bit of a box around who we are, to try to understand a little bit about who we are. And so we've been called by ourselves or others different things. We've been called an organic church or a new start or a church plant. We've even been called a parachurch ministry. We've called ourselves recently a house church. But initially, we didn't define ourselves by who we were, but rather by who we weren't. We knew that we were not a heady church. So, in effect, we used our hands and became a handy one. We painted walls and mowed lawns and cleaned ministry spaces. And when people would ask me about Kaleo in those early days, I would start to tell them the stories of the neighbors and the story their stories that we were learning about. But who we were as a church was still being formed. And so when people would ask, who are you? What are you doing? It really in some cases led to some self doubt. Who are we? What are we doing? What are we doing here? What, why are we doing this? What are we trying to do? But eventually, the suffering of that self-doubt is what led us finally to be able to define ourselves not in the negative, but in the positive. Not by who we were not, but by who we were what we were trying to do. And uh, as Kelsey so beautifully articulated in Life Group this week, the breakdown of that suffering of unknown became the breakthrough for us. What I have come to know over the past 10 years is that we need like very thick glasses to be able to view our presence. It's hard to know what's really happening in the moment that it's happening. And 1 Corinthians 13 reminds us that we see a dim reflection. And if we look to the past, we see that the past is a little bit clearer. But it's still not completely clear. So maybe you could say if we need thick glasses to view the present, then we need screening glasses to view the past. And one day, we will get this Kingdom of God LASIK surgery, where we will all be able to see the truth of all things, both present and past, clearly. But right now, right now we only have the structures of our minds and hearts to perceive what the present and past is. And those structures can cloud our understanding. Because the structures of our minds are tempted to judge, fear, deceive, the structures of our minds look for greatness. They can worship false peace, they can seek control, they can puff ourselves up, and they can tell us to run away when things become difficult. The structures of our minds can cloud our understanding to the real truth of the narrative. But the writer of Hebrews in this passage that Caleb read this morning talks about a different kind of cloudiness. Instead of a cloud of misunderstanding, the writer of Hebrews talks about looking at the past as a cloud of witnesses. The writer of Hebrews uses the reading glasses of faith to view the past. And in doing so, unleashes the kingdom of God, LASIK, magic on the present. Here's what he says, or she says, in chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, Let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race set before us. You see, the past read through the lenses of faith turns the cloudiness of understanding the things that have happened into a great cloud of witnesses that can tell us who we are we become a part of those who have come before we need them they need us and only together can we be made perfect so we really do need each other so we cannot say to one of the parts of the body of christ i do not need you for we who are many are one body in christ and individually we are members of each other It is our collective image. That is the image of God. That with God's inbreaking, we are able to, through faith, throw off the sin that so easily entangles. We are able to see, rather than old, dim blindness, new insight. It isn't seeing the past through the lenses of faith that is able to open something else up for us. The cloud of misunderstanding around who we are becomes for us a great cloud of witnesses. The breakdown becomes the breakthrough. So it is when we see we are together that we are able to throw off sin. And it is when we see we are together that we are able to run the race that is set before us. The wider story coming into view tells us who we are. So this morning, may that wider story become for us, Kaleo, past and present, wherever we find ourselves in it, a great cloud of witnesses. May God give you the lenses of faith on this celebration of 10 years to see clearly how the kingdom of God has broken in to our lives, our city, and our world. Welcome home.
1: Responsive reading this morning comes from Psalm 100, a psalm of thanksgiving. Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with sin. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name.
5: sometimes the humidity.
6: Remain standing this morning for our prayers of the people. Creator God, you call us to love and serve you with body, mind, and spirit. Through loving your creation and our sisters and brothers, open our hearts in compassion and receive these petitions on behalf of the needs of the church and the world. So let's pray. We pray for the lives, families, and homes that were affected recently in the Caribbean and the East Coast by Hurricane Dory. We pray for those who have received a hard diagnosis and those who are physically ill. We pray for those who daily face the quiet battle of mental illness. We pray for our neighbors and even ourselves. Who are fighting the battles of homelessness, poverty, addiction, and abuse. We pray for those who feel alone. We pray for the presence of community and people. We pray for those in need of housing or employment. And we pray for those who are mourning the death of someone they love. We pray for the refugees, both in Nashville and around the world. And we pray for racial reconciliation. Lord, we confess that we have not been a good steward of our planet, and we pray for changes that will restore its health. We pray for our president and the leaders of our states and country. And we pray for the orphans and widows around the world, that your church would adopt love and care for them. We also give thanks today. We give thanks for Kaleo and the 10 years it has helped usher in the Kingdom of heaven in South Nashville. We thank you for the Woodbine United Methodist Church and the Premier Iglesia congregation, for their hospitality and for those relationships. We thank you for the people making space in their homes and lives for those who are in need. We thank you for partnering organizations like Charity Water, World Vision, Harvest Hands, and many others, and the impact they're having in Nashville and around the world. We thank you for every person doing the work of loving your neighbor, and also the love we ourselves
3: have received.
6: And we thank you for the friends and family and community gathered around our schools. We thank you for a place to meet, for food to share and for opportunities to be your hands and feet in our world. And we thank you for the children of the neighborhood who continually show us childlike faith and uninhibited joy. Hear our prayers that we may love you with our whole being and willingly share the concerns of our neighbors. Amen.
1: You may be seated. Uh, Solomon, I think, is helping today with our giving moment. I'm looking in the sea of people, Solomon. Oh, there you are. Are you ready to help? You're not ready to help? Do you wanna see if one of your friends will help? CJ, thank you. All right. Are giving liturgy realizing that we are members of one another in the body of Christ we receive the needs of the community with the same concern as our own and with joy give out of our lap
2: thank you
1: TJ. This is your opportunity to respond and to give. We have our flower pot. We also have the Tidely app. Um, And this is one of the ways that we love our neighbors as ourselves. As you can see, um, this month, um, our percentage of world impact is going to help with relief in the Bahamas and Caribbean for the damage that was caused from Hurricane Dorian. Um, So you you can give towards that through your giving today Um, also we have um some coloring boards up here for the kids um in just a moment caleb's going to introduce our discussion question that we will share around our tables um but when we get to our scripture and we begin the sermon then we have gifts up here for the kids to enjoy during that time um as well so
7: right on all right Hands in the air, one hand, everyone. Now high five the person next to you and say 10 years, boom. Nice, <laughs> nice. That's how we do. So, man, craziness, craziness. So, also, if you guys, uh, this is probably a little late, but obviously, sure handouts. I don't know if you have much further one. But, um, yeah, man, this is so good. So, we're going to have, uh, by the way, today is a special day because also because we are quad preaching for the first time, so just brace yourself for that. I think uh, there's going to be some fire and water and, you know, (laughs) we're bringing this, the Spirit's going to come in. Anyway, so uh, we have one question today, and that is just share share a favorite memory or memory of a time of moment that has been significant for you, Uh, and so uh, I know some of us are here from back when and some of us are relatively new and in between so uh, we're going to take a minute and just do that at your table or group up and feel free to grab some water some more coffee and Emily's wanting to micromanage you guys in the back to come forward uh, so I'm going to leave that up to you it in your is. comfort zone and then after the service stick around because we uh, we uh, cater with Calypso today which is kind of a throwback because we used to do that all the time and they called us Calypso Church. Anyway, so, but we did it again today. So, anyway, so let's just take a, we're just going to take a brief minute here. So, get with a few people and uh, just try to share a memory or something uh, if you have one. So, we'll take just a minute here. Father Ryan is going to come. And we would invite you to... To calm your spirits and calm your hearts and get ready to receive the text this morning, we would ask that you not look directly at him, but just sort of like receive. By, by the way, you guys. By the way, there's no us being 10 here, ten, 10 years here without this guy right here. So, so at some point today, just come over here, grab us a suspender, pop it. John 11. And
2: Deirdre. And Deirdre, too. Yes.
7: And, and Deirdre, but she, yeah. She doesn't want to be pointed out,
5: okay? Alright, our gospel passage is from Matthew 10 5 14. These 12, Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Go nowhere among the Gentiles, and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As you go, proclaim the good news, the kingdom of heaven is in you. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You receive without payment, you give without payment. Take no gold or silver or copper in your belt, no bag for your journey, or two tunics or sandals or a staff, for laborers deserve their food. Whatever town or village you enter, find out who in it is worthy, and stay there until you hear. As you enter the house, greet it. If the house is worthy, if the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, shake off the dust from your feet as you leave the house or town. This is the word of God. word of the Lord. Lord, Lord.
6: Good morning everyone. I'm gonna start us out. Now everybody's ready for twenty to thirty minutes per pastor today, right? Everybody's ready, ready to go with this stuff. Now, four sermons, full length. Here we go. Now I'm gonna read these first three pat three verses again. This is the mission of the twelve. And it says, These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions Go nowhere among the Gentiles, or enter no town of the Samaritans. But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, proclaim the good news. The kingdom of God has come near See, we must first receive before we can give. let thought about that. We have to receive before we can really give out holy. This covenant that we see here that might seem a little bit odd to begin with. Why are you saying, no, the Gentiles and the Samaritans right now, but to the lost sheep of Israel? There's a covenant made, as you probably know, in the Old Testament with Yahweh and Abraham, right? That his descendants, they were to be a blessing. So that, though, it doesn't stop there, so that they can be a blessing to the nations. As we know, the Israelites didn't do this very well in the Old Testament. And so the remnant, you see here, is being called out by by Jesus here to the twelve, go and preach this first here, and then the others, and we see this gospel fleshed out later on, even in the New Testament. So by the time we get to Saul and Paul, right, Saul's called to be a missionary to the Gentiles at Antioch, and so he uses his Gentile name of Paul, He goes out from there, proclaiming the gospel, proclaiming the kingdom of God is coming here. So even in our scripture in the New Testament, we see this fully fleshed out, but it does start... First with the lost sheep of Israel. This isn't about exclusion here. It's about timing. So I want to tell you a quick story about timing. Each of us here, if we thought through it, we're all sitting here at this moment in time. And each of us were led to Kaleo and to this moment in different ways. Whether you're an old friend, somebody new that has come to Kaleo just in the last few weeks or months, such a time as this, that you are sitting here with different reasons and rationales of how Kaleo and our community has impacted you. And here's my story real quick. I would have never been in a place like this if it wasn't for people like Caleb and Emily and people like Brian and Dearden and other people in our community that have shown me somebody who's probably very, I don't know, more of your structure type of church Not bad. We all probably grew up in structured traditional churches, that's my background at least. But when Caleb and Emily approached us to being a part of this thing called Kaleo, to partner with them in pastoring, I wanted to do it, but I was hesitant. What does this look like? But I said yes. When we first started coming to Kaleo, we had one or two college students. And I won't throw names out, but if you've been here long enough, you probably know those people. But our college students, uh, even though Trevecca was so close, we didn't have a lot of college students. Well, as my passion for Kalea grew and my understanding of of what this kind of community, what kind of church this was, grew, I really started to talk it up. So as I would talk to people about financial aid at Trevecca, my 9-to-5 type job, I couldn't help but share. What church do you go to? Let me tell you about this crazy church, this awesome church, this unique church, this real church that is Kaleo. And oftentimes, I just got met with, oh, that's really interesting. But over time, I just, I'd be curious and I wonder how many people were influenced by that. We have so many more college students here, and I'm not taking direct, like, this is the reason but it had to start with just me developing a passion for this community we moved into this community this is our place this is our home and each of us have that story of being influenced by other people to this is the way we are right now and so even if you're a college student and maybe you're like well I never had that meeting with you in, in financial aid and I don't remember you talking I just wonder is the influence of a friend of yours and a friend of yours led to this moment in time. Now, I know I'm only talking to about a third of you, even in this setting, but it is cool to think how God has moved and shifted us to who we are now as I look out to each of you. Such a unique and broad and awesome group of people. Kaleo is such a unique church, and we know that. We have been proclaiming the kingdom of heaven for ten years now. Just like millions of others have been proclaiming the same thing for over 2,000, just in a different way that probably most of us grew up with. But I want to leave my part just by saying again, but we still proclaim the kingdom of heaven has come near, and we will continue to do that.
7: Number two. <laughs> I realize I've got like a whole team here. Boom. Alright. So,
2: yeah.
7: The text continues on. It says, verse 7, As you go, Man, this is so good. As you go, proclaim the good news. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Cure the six. Raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, it's kind of a tall order, cast out demons, receive without payment, give without payment. Uh, So, right, the proclamations of the kingdom of heaven never come back uh, empty handed. Are you with me? And likewise, any time there is healing and giving and cleansing and loving, the kingdom of heaven is proclaimed. Are you with me? The kingdom of heaven never comes back empty-handed, and anytime there's giving, there's love, there's grace, there's movement, there's cleansing, there's raising of the dead, right? While the kingdom of heaven is being proclaimed, right? And so, uh, in this, uh, in this text here, uh, all these previous chapters in Matthew, Jesus is going around and he's healing and he's cleansing and he's raising the dead and he's doing all these things, and then verse ten comes to, or chapter ten comes along and he's like, all right, now you're up, and he sends out his disciples, and that's kind of how it works. it's kind of how the whole disciples. Thing works, right? And so here we are, uh, ten years later, right? And in our vision, uh, at least we hope, we've tethered our vision with the vision of Jesus, uh, the vision of the Christ that says, "Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near." Right? This is like the first thing Jesus says out of the gate in the Gospels, right? And our vision here at Kaleo is, uh, right? We've said it a couple times this morning. You guys probably just tell it to me. But we want to see how the kingdom of heaven breaks into our lives and our city. In our world and hopefully everything we've done has has flowed out of this right Uh, to see heaven come to earth your will be done on earth as it is in heaven right and so we've just been doing this uh over and over and over again so uh this morning i wanted to do something a little different uh early on uh many of you guys know my friend matt who's part of this whole shenanigans of paleo in the beginning and he told me early on he was like you guys are kind of doing something different you should like write it down you might want to so I've just got like a whole bunch of journals. Anyway, so this is like Journal One, and uh, which I wasn't very faithful at it because it covers like the first three years. So, but uh, any, anyway, I I want to skip ahead a little bit to and read you just a quick excerpt from May uh, 9th, 2011, and uh, the reason this day is significant because uh, it is our first. Uh i basically I'm writing about our first calm down over here. Oh about our first time meeting in the garden. Uh which I thought was a little appropriate. So Alright, here we go. This is young Caleb. Equally equally bad handwriting. Not only was yesterday Mother's Day, it was also our first time meeting in the garden That's Kaleo. Kinda cool. Uh, at first, <laughs> at first 11.10 to 11.15 rolled around and I thought it was just us and the Arnettes. But then uh, Eric and Casey came, and then Calvin and Reese and finally Krista. It was pretty cool. <laughs> After, uh, when we were eating, this family came up that we had never met before to check out the garden. And we talked with him for a while, and they may join us for a potluck next week. We'll see. Smell <laughs> but, oh, that's fun. But it was the four of us serving afterwards. Uh, but it was great. We worked in the garden until four, and later Emily and I went to visit Mac. Some of you guys remember old Mac. And take the bread uh, to the co-op. We used to pick up bread every Friday night from Panera. For and uh, anyway... That evening, back at home, I felt more at peace about who we are as a church than I think ever before. It is just so natural, so much more natural this way. I hope that despite the heat and bugs, and supposedly the year of the cicadas, some of you guys remember that, that actually happened. It was like having church while bullets were hitting us. Because we can continue to meet out there for a while that God will continue to use us our small little group in the garden our small little plot for his perfect and awesome will we are in his hands so you kind of can't make that stuff up you know what I'm saying it's just kind of uh, like little did we know like the relationships the the things that, that we would get into that were before us during this like season early on like all these years ago right and so all these years ago we're trying to live out like what does it mean that the kingdom of heaven is coming to earth uh right we don't believe there's hungry people in heaven and so we're going out and we're we're making meals for our neighbors right uh we don't we believe there's fresh produce in heaven so we're like starting a garden we we believe there's no trash in heaven so we're gonna go out we're gonna pick up some trash right and we believe there's no lonely people in heaven so we're gonna hang out with an old guys named mac and you know and go grocery shopping with them, you know, and do all these just things because we believe that uh, this is part of what it means to be citizens of the kingdom of heaven, even here on earth, right? It actually forms us. Uh, And so we've been fleshing this out in hundreds of ways uh, over the last 10 years. And and if you go inside today, uh, which everyone should, uh, uh, we've created like a museum that kind of goes through the last 10 years in our regular worship space. So it's kind of interesting to see. Uh, and so, we're doing all this this morning not to like toot our holy horn, if you know what I'm saying, uh, but to be reminded um, that, that that we've been on this journey to, to, to discover what it means to be Christian and to simply live Christian in the place, right? That Christianity and following Christ has always been simple, yet very radical, right? What does it just mean to, to, to be the church and not just do church all the time? Uh, and so we've been asking these questions for a really long time, uh, and so we hope that that since the beginning we've been aligning our vision uh, of heaven on earth with the vision that, that Jesus says, as you go, right, as you're healing and cleansing and breathing life and planting seeds in this world, announce that the kingdom of heaven has come near uh, among us, right? We believe the kingdom of God is advancing. That God's ultimate redemptive plan for all of creation is continuing to unfold, just as sure as the universe is expanding this morning. And each day we take one step further into this ever-unfolding mystery uh, that is the love of Yahweh. Our God, this morning, and so I'm just so uh, excited and or, or thrilled about uh, the last 10 years, which have been our childhood, and uh, and I'm and I'm very eager to see what it looks like for us to. To do this as grown-ups. So, as you go, proclaim the good news: the kingdom of heaven has come near. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons.
1: I don't know, but I'm pretty sure he just made all that stuff up. You receive without payment, so give without payment. Take no gold or silver or copper in your belts, no bag for your journey, or two tunics, or sandals, or a staff, for laborers deserve their food. The thing that we hear most often in the church is we talk about how great it is to give. And while it is really good to give, the much more difficult thing is to receive. Giving puts you in a position of power, but receiving puts you in a posture of humility. And it's really hard. It's really hard, especially when we live in a culture that that hangs your value on self-sufficiency, to be the one who is in need. But in this text, and in these couple of verses here, Jesus is preparing the disciples for this new way of living. And it's a way of radical dependency. And it's a way of vulnerability. In the last ten years, Kaleo has been wondering. Perhaps you would like to wonder what we've been wondering about as the train goes by. For the last 10 years, Kaleo has been wondering what could happen if the church really lived this way, this way of radical dependency, this way of vulnerability. We've wondered if instead of a paycheck, if the pastors would radically depend on the ones that they are ministering to to care for them. What could happen? Taleo has wondered what could happen if we all realize that we are all ministers and so we are all called to live in this way. When we first came to Taleo four years ago, Kevin and I and and Caleb and Emily were meeting with this group of pastors in Nashville and it was the kind of group that you meet together and you struggle through life together and you pray and encourage one another. And at that time, we were in the middle of, of a transition, of a mood. And it's one of those things where when you when you experience transitions sometimes as, you know, hashtag adult, you know, you're like, it doesn't always work out well, you know. Sometimes, like, you get extra bills and then the paycheck doesn't come in time. And, and we hit one of those lapses where there was a deficiency in our finances that we could not cover. And we shared that with the group as a a prayer because we didn't know what it is that we were going to do. And a few days later, we received a check. And the check was, was a pooling together of those pastors, of their funds and their money, to help us cover our needs. And it was one of those examples of what it's like to hold the needs of others with the same concern as your own. And it always means something. When, Whenever somebody gives you a gift, it means something to you. But there's something extra profound when you have this group of people that are living in this radical dependency on the people that they minister to. And out of their lack, they gave. And I'll never forget, in the memo line of that check, it just said, all things in common. All things. In common and it was the first time that I had ever heard that phrase and it was the first time in my life that I had ever encountered a people to really embrace what it means to be joined together and this is the kingdom of heaven that we live in such a way that keeps us in this posture of humility that rejects the idea that we should or can do this on our own, or that people are not affected by the way that we live. And so many of you have done this. There's literally endless stories that I could tell just over the last four years that I have seen and witnessed among people in this community that are just amazing and so profound. And it's because of this that a shift is happening in the next generation. It's because you have loved your neighbor as yourself that the children are beginning to blur the lines between strangers and families. Now, not in a weird way. Okay, stranger danger is still a thing, right? We want to be... A, let's not be dumb, okay? But but in a in a culture that typically errs on the side of othering people that are not like us, or in a culture that typically errs in being fearful of the stranger, our children are beginning to have a different worldview of what it means to see the people around us that are our neighbors. And so I close with this story. Um, We're coming up on about a year since there was a woman in our community who was experiencing homelessness that was crossing the road just up here by McDonald's she was walking from um, the tent community across Nolensville Road to McDonald's early in the morning and a car came around the corner really fast and it hit her and she died. And on that morning we had heard what had happened but we just so happened to be driving past while the emergency responders were still there and yellow tape was still up and, and there was still things going on and so Kevin and I were talking about this and Kyra was in the car and she began asking questions and so we explained to her what had happened and she got really sad and she said but mama they were a part of our family she was a part of our family when we live in a way where we depend on one another then we begin to actually realize that we are joined together. You receive without payment. Give without payment. We first receive, and then receiving invites us to give.
4: Matthew 10 verses 11-14 Whatever town or village you enter, find out who in it is worthy, and stay there until you leave. As you enter the house, read it. If the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, shake off the dust from your feet as you leave that house or town. When I read this passage, I think about being welcomed into this city. And I think about, in particular, a few people. I think about Ryan, who signed the lease with Caleb on an apartment when Caleb literally didn't have a job after graduating in
1: 2008. And
4: I think about Ron, who when we came to him about starting a community garden on this land in 2010, welcomed us new young people with crazy ideas about organic gardening into his home and into his life. And I also think about Pastor Carlos at Premier Iglesia and with Biden UNC, and how he has gone to work to make space for us and to welcome us into his community for this next season. See, there are a lot of places in this world where welcome cannot be found. That there are there are places where there is no peace, that no one is worthy, and it would be better to leave and shake the dust off your feet as you go. But as we, me and Caleb in particular, have entered this space, we have found among you homes of peace and open doors. So, so, so many of you have opened your homes, literally opened your doors to Kaleo by hosting us in one way or another to what God wants to do in and through this community. But you have also opened your heart. And I have seen as You have given and made space for women experiencing homelessness through the Room in the Inn program. And I've seen you reach out to new mothers and new neighbors and bring them food. Bringing food and gifts to people that you don't even know. The thing is, is we are created for community. Because God has chosen communities, even ones of two or three people, to bear God's image, our openness to each other is a real sacramental presence and a means of grace. Because in the end, we are all spiritual refugees, or, as this passage indicates, Extremely minimalistic disciples being sent out on a mission, hoping to find houses of peace and hospitality. And since hospitality is mostly about making space. uh, Before we close and before we transition into Eucharist, I want to make space If there are just a couple of people, maybe two or three, who would like to share a quick uh, answer to that question, what has been a significant moment for you over the past 10 years in your perspective? If you guys would want to come up and share, I'm going to give probably three or four minutes, so don't, don't belabor the waiting if you want to share. Um, And I'm just going to leave it open for a couple of minutes, and then we'll close together. So if you have a memorable moment you want to share, please come up and speak loudly into the microphone.
8: come a lot lately <laughs> um but i i was thinking about this after i after we talked and i was think about all the moments and realized that there were so many um and i just thinking about the church service but the first one that i want to share is um we also got to live uh in the same duplex it's like the the duplex that, that keeps giving to kaleo you know and uh i remember uh Emily inviting me to come to the church, and I was a bit creeped out um, about like, okay, I don't want to like go to a church where I live because then if I don't go, they'll like drive by and be like, Where were you? And I I was afraid to be like culty and all that other stuff. And so, the very first time I came to church, um, it was actually at uh, the Ferguson's house um, because the Arnett's had just had Jody And um, oh my god, I'm gonna cry. So, anyway um i just remember meeting this wonderful group of people um that were not creepy um uh, being able to meet jovi for the first time he was really the start of our kid congregation that has now exploded and just again how special it was um and then two other things that i wanted to say there's so many ways in which this, this uh, church has been there for us but uh, the other two memories i wanted to share were um uh, whenever i uh, had cancer, and you guys all, like, laid your hands on me and stuff like that. It was, like, so, so beautiful, and this church is, is here in a way that I haven't had, with people in my life to hear from me, that no, I, like I haven't heard of it, I've got you guys, um, and then also the second most memorable thing that made me cry was, like, when we were dedicating Holden, um, and uh, uh, because I'm a bad Christian, I didn't really fully know the story of Samuel and his mom. And so <laughs> I her, like she's reading this scripture and it's uh the scripture um, with Samuel and his birth, like and Holden's middle name of Samuel, by the way, um, really mirrored um the experiences that I had with Holden and So thank you, guys we love you.
5: Really good, like, my microcosm awesome of Kaleo happening right now. And if you look around, there's like not a single baby being held by its parent. <laughs> like, I've always grown up in church and always had a good community for with people who love me.
3: But Kaleo has taken it to
5: the next level. It's just not a person here that I don't, you know. Know and love and trust. And,
2: uh, it's a Really, really useful
5: thing. Um, you know, there's people who come from places who, you know, don't have community, don't understand community. And I came in kind of thinking I did, and so I guess you talked about changing perspective. My perspective on community is a whole new thing. I look at people who don't have community and because I understand you know, like have okay.
9: out of practice. Can you hear me now? You <laughs> should! Okay. <laughs> um, so I just wanted to piggyback on what Zach said. He just the same line that it is incredible to see all of these loved and taught and educated by the community as a whole. And one of my biggest memories is actually when Audrey started taking communion, And being the extrovert that she is, I don't know where she gets it, she walks up on her own, and she's just kind of trying to figure it out. You see her, like, looking around, watching the other kids. And I think it was actually Kyra and Tori took her hand and we showed her how to hold her hand? Out. And it was just a cool thing that it's not just us, but our kids are seeing what we're doing, and they're talking it, they're thinking it. So we are literally raising the next generation of children to go out and to love and to give and to be the hands and feet of Christ, exactly what we believe. So it's just a beautiful thing and a beautiful community that we are really developing.
4: Melanie, you may come if you still want to, but come quickly, and you're the last one.
9: times when I have been so low or so overwhelmed in the most tangible way. I have never seen people get out of their lap the way that the people of played. I
1: mean, I think back to when um,
9: I had a one-year-old I was pregnant I found out it was twins, and <laughs> I was so
1: overwhelmed and just did not see how this was going to work,
9: and and this community carried us so much, helped us financially, the people who helped us with our kids were the people who had babies because that's what we were, we were a church full of young couples
1: with babies at the time. And, um, just, I can think of so many times when Zach had surgery unexpectedly and everyone brought us food, whenever I had a baby that was teething and I couldn't get to stop crying, I could call a friend to come over. Every time we randomly needed someone to watch our kids, Deirdre would, you know, add ours to the five she already had.
9: there, I just, I'm so amazed at just all the little tangible ways, just real ways that
1: this community has provided and has really kept us, my family in particular, afloat uh, over the years, and I just, I just don't know where, 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 would, I, where would I be without you, so I'm I have, this is really, you guys are our family and I just love how this church is here And, and no one has ever made me doubt that.
4: you all for sharing, and also um, feel free to continue to share your stories with each other. Um, but at this time, I want to invite all the kids who have done so well. Good job, guys. Come on up here. We're going to receive communion together, and I want you to be in the front. And you can, guys, can you guys, you can stand, but do you want to take a seat right here on the ground? A, so you can sit here. Okay.
1: Are we missing a few? Yeah, Not oh. <laughs> You hey, oh. <laughs> Oliver, <huh? laughs> You all ready?
9: Yeah.
4: Mm. I do. Who wants a big piece?
2: Me.
1: Okay. Raise your hand. You want a big piece? Okay. Good. You all get the pieces.
4: (laughs) So, kiddos and everyone else, when Jesus invited us to the table, he said, "Take and eat." This is my body broken for you. And he also t- took the cup and after giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Drink from this all of you. This is the new covenant in my blood, blood poured out for you. This is a
8: what is
2: this?
4: That, a sacrament, which is a means of God's grace. And we do this together, thanking God for the real mystery of God's presence with us. We all receive from the same loaf. And therefore, we are all members of Christ's body. And so we cannot say to someone, we do not need you. Because we are all part of the body of Christ and each one of us are members of it. This is a, this is this is a means of God's grace. So can we all respond together by saying we are thankful? We are thankful. We
2: are thankful.
4: Let us pray. God Thank you for your body and blood. And as it was poured out for us, I pray that you would pour us out as your body for the healing and
1: reconciliation of the world. Amen.
4: Now at Kaleo, we invite all of the kids to come first because one time Jesus said that you must become like a little child to enter the kingdom of heaven. And so we follow our children's example who all want big pieces today, which they will receive. And after they come through, you may come through, and we'll sing the table of plenty as you all come.
7: May the peace of Lord Christ Jesus go with you, wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness and protect you through the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you, and may he bring you home rejoicing once again into our doors. Go in peace this morning, uh, enjoy lunch together. There's cake inside and... and we're gonna have a photo real quick before you guys run off. Uh, and... Chelsea Reed might have something to say about that. Or just follow her behind us, back there by the fire pit. So...
4: We're also gonna do things a little bit differently. There is the whole room and the cake inside and food will be out here, but if some of you want to go in first, or want to be out here, please feel free to make yourself at home.